Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Intersect, where we talk about the intersection of business, technology, and learning. And Nabil Ahmed here. Once again, thank you for, for tuning in, and very excited today to have Michael Lecky, formerly at Gartner and Chief Learning Officer for Digital Transformation at GE. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nabil. Great to be talking with you. Thanks again for your time, and I think we should just get right into it. Uh, so you've had a good background at Fortune 1000 companies, and now you're, you're on the consulting side and doing private practice around the human side of digital transformation. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, background, heck, everybody's got LinkedIn. They can dig in on that if they want to. So I'll, uh, I think you've given it plenty to set it up. Um, yeah, but uh, talking about the work I'm doing, you know, I spent, I spent 12 years at Gartner, mostly working with um, in the CXO advisory side of the business. So a lot of CIOs, chief digital officers, et cetera, and other um, C-level executives. And what I increasingly found is when they came to us with concerns, questions, roadblocks, struggles around digital transformation, that in the end, very few of those struggles were around the technology. They were around the people and the human side of things. And I got really curious about that. And what I've discovered through a lot of research and a lot of conversations is that as our world gets more and more digital for organizations and for individuals, it really demands that we kind of you know, discover, uncover, and I guess unlock more of our humanity um, to be you know, happy and to be successful because as technology is advancing, um, as the problems we're, cha we're challenged to solve every day are getting more complex and changing more rapidly, um, and, and as you know, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and you know, robotics, robotic process automation, all these things are starting to really do more and more and will do more and more of the transactional work that many of us have done. It's gonna be the work that's around uh, our relationship, how we organize, to get work done, how we work with one another, how we perceive and see one another, how we communicate with another, that's really going to be important. And so for me, the work I'm doing now is, is helping people, you know, again, uh, uncover and discover and really unlock that human potential that they need or that organizations need to really change, transform and, and thrive in a digital world. Thank you for that. I really like how you said, you know, it's really that human side because a lot of times, and, and I've experienced this as well, and is, people think technology but it's always the humans behind it it's, it's their understanding of it or it's something related to some sort of human aspect where technology in the end seems to be more of a, a moot point there so so thanks yeah. for that insight maybe to uh as, as as a quick aside a lot of people have heard of you know the term sort of digital transformation i'd be curious just you know from your own perspective your own words how do you view digital transformation or how do you define it and because uh, you know, there's hundreds of definitions out there. Obviously, we can Google it, but uh, I'd be curious just to, to see how uh, uh, how you approach it and, and how you view essentially defining it. You know, it's funny you say that, um, Googling it. I, I um, actually <laughs> do a, uh, I've written an article, done some research and some articles published on, and then um, speak a fair bit on something I call the five questions of digital transformation. But one of the first one is, how do you define digital? When I first did it, I did a Google search on digital transformation, and there was like, I don't know, 32 million things that popped up. And as I kept doing that presentation over the course of a year, that number kept growing until it got to be like 436 million over the course of a year. So, I mean, there's, there's a ton of definitions and nobody knows what it means. And that, I think that's, um, you know, a friend of mine from, uh, from Gartner, uh, Dave Aaron, a great guy, wrote a little article in, on LinkedIn that he called, uh, Stop Hating on the Word Digital. And he said, look, digital is the word we started to use when IT became too small. But the problem is, is that the digital can be 
uh, about the technology. It can be, you know, technologifying something, right? Taking a service or a process or a product we've always had and enhancing it through technology, like turning a, you know, a record album into an MP3 into streaming. It's the same product or service. It's just delivered different through technology, or it can be using technology and finding those, those moments that where you can use technology to connect things that haven't been connected before and, and redefine a category or create a new category. I mean, or, or create a new value stream. Like, you know, if you think about, Airbnb being the world's largest quote unquote hotel company. Well, they're not really a hotel company because hotel companies are property management firms, right? They buy, develop, and try and fill up properties. Whereas Airbnb is about connecting a person with the right room with the person who needs that room at the right price. And so it's a whole different business model. Uh, but then getting to what we started with talking about, digital transformation can be about the ways of working, the ways of thinking, and the ways of interacting that allow us to both use and create and evolve the technologies that are you know, changing our world. So it's really, really broad. Um, that's why with my clients, I'm pretty clear that I understand the technology side of it, but what I'm focusing on with them is the piece that I think we're really um, struggling with. Someone said to me recently, we're in a world of second generation um, information technology and, uh, sorry, fifth generation information technology and second generation human systems. And I think that's pretty accurate. So trying to catch up where the technology has gone is what interests me. Yeah, very nice. Thank you for that. A quick follow-up to that. Whenever, let, let's say, you know, either you hearing it in the marketplace or talking to current or potential clients, customers, what is it that you're sort of hearing from them? Do, do they do they view it more as the technology side? Do they start to understand that human aspect or are you just hearing different things just depending on who you're talking to? Is it all over the place? I'd be curious if you could just give some, some insight, you know, just sort of generally speaking on, you know, what exactly are you seeing in the market around digital transformation? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I would say that the, the, the center of gravity shift is moving more towards understanding that there's a human problem. Um, but it started off always focused on the technology because well, I think for a couple of reasons. Um, the technology is, is impersonal. It doesn't implicate me or my team. It's just a thing. And it's exciting and it's new. And it's an answer. It's like, ooh, here's an answer. We'll solve everything. But then what happened is we spent, you know, billions or trillions on technology. And yet the way we work didn't change or the adoption of or the value that we're hoping to get out of that technology didn't happen. And over time, the pattern started to become more and more evident. So I, I spent some time talking recently to um, um, someone I'm working with. I, I won't name the organization for obvious reasons, but you know, he's, the, he's responsible for all of the internal technology. He'd really be the kind of the CIO role. So all of the HRIS and CRM and sales systems and everything and finance systems across you know, a, a Fortune 50 company. And what we talked about was his struggles with still getting teams across silos to connect and collaborate and value the same things and have the same goals and, and, and get the value and, um, and the outcomes they needed for these huge investments they were making. So, you know, if I was having a conversation with someone in his role five years ago, probably three out of four of the conversation would have still been about the technology, not about the people. So it is shifting. Interesting. Very nice. Now, do you think that that's the biggest factors to organizations succeeding in their digital transformation initiatives now is really understanding that human aspect and, and, and sort of kind of getting their head around that it's not just technology? Or do you think there's a, a sort of related or bigger factor in addition to that? Well, I, I think it's a big piece. I mean, one of the f first things I'll say in an organization is, look, you have to define what 
um, you know, digital or digital transformation, but define what digital means to you. And I don't think you need to define what digital is. You need to define what it means to you now. Is it the most important use of digital is we're going to, you know, focus on how we go to market digitally or how we organize or, or automate our work digitally or, or whatever it may be. But once you've defined kind of where you need to focus first in that, you know, overwhelmingly broad scope of digital and technology, then it's really about looking at the organization, the people, you know, is your, is your organization ready? Things like, um, you know, does the culture tolerate experiments to change it? Um, is the HR organization set up for transformation? And, and I come from a long line of HR, so I can, I can slam our profession, I think, <laughs> in that, you know, we've in the past have been all about equity and fairness and consistency and scalability. We're not ready for the kind of disruption that technology brings. And so we end up actually taking the things that we learn to do best and they become a hindrance. Um, and uh, what are we measuring, right? Are we measuring the right things? Are we looking at the new ways that value is created beyond just a, you know, a company like Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos goes public and says, hey, I can promise you we'll lose a lot of money for at least five years. You know, a traditional organization says we're going to lose money next quarter and they get hammered. So they're not set up right. for transformation. And then, of course, there's the, the talent side of it. You know, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? And that's, you know, broadly across the organization. But it also really implicates the leadership. Um, uh, I know an organization that's one of the ones I know that's done a really good job of digital transformation, one of the few, and they had to make some real hard choices about leaders that were beloved and had done a great job there, but just couldn't get on board with this radical new um, you know, destination. And that takes us back to the biggest thing is the people or the person at the top. Uh, are they willing and ready to change themselves and not only change themselves but to understand what it takes to change to role model it to be humble about it to be vulnerable about it to do it publicly on a stage and create the kind of atmosphere you know what the guys at google often refer to as psychological safety for other people to say i need to change because if you say i need to change you're admitting that right now you're not there you're not enough and that's generally something that's not rewarded in our organizations it's punished Right, right. That's, it's an interesting thing. I, I don't know how I randomly got on this last night, but I, I watched this documentary called Silicon Cowboys. It was about the, the coming up of compact computers. Yeah. Whenever IBM just sort of introduced their, their PC and, and a lot of how they were able to succeed versus IBM was they focused a lot on this culture aspect. That, you know, mm -hmm. Outside of just the technology, there was compatibility. But in the end, what happened is one of their three co-founders, the board ended up firing them because they needed to sort of go a different direction and, and they felt that they couldn't get there. And then, you know, long story short, then HP ended up buying them in yeah. 03 or 04 for billions of dollars. So it's a, a lot of what you're saying is ringing true to my random Netflix experience last night. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. Excellent. Always good. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe we can, uh, if it's okay, we'll, we'll, we'll shift gears just a little bit. Uh, I know you're working on a, a very interesting book. Would you mind telling us about it? Well, you know, how you came up with the idea, where you're at and, and what you hope to get out of it? Yeah, not at all. I, I mean, you know, while my consulting is usually ended up working with, uh, you know, executives and, and leaders and organizations and their, their teams or even across the organization looking at the, the culture, um, the book itself is actually written for the individual. And, and what I realized is I was running into every day I go into organizations that were full of great people smart people. They've worked hard. They've done a great job. They've built a life and a career. And all of a sudden they find themselves feeling lost and frustrated because everything is about digital, digital, digital. And 
they don't code. They're not a digital native, right? You know, that, that, that's not their era. And they're starting to feel like, well, wait a minute, I, I did all this, all this great work and became somebody in my career. And now since I'm, you know, not 22 with like, you know, an ironic t-shirt and, and know how to code, I'm not, I'm not valuable anymore. And so what, what the book is really written to is those individuals to help them understand, again, those very human qualities that you actually need. You don't need to be a coder, but you need to understand the, the spirit and the principles behind lean and, and agile. You, you need to understand that innovating now and be creative and thinking about what's next is maybe more important than just scaling and replicating what worked last time. You need to understand that, that learning uh, is more important than just knowing because, you know, knowledge has a shelf life of like three years now, whereas the faster you can learn, the better off you'll be or that, that humanizing, you know, relating to people as, as whole individuals and understanding what they're capable of. And then, figuring out together how we work together is much more important than feeling like you're an expert at organizing and putting people in boxes. So since I do believe that there are these, there are these very human capabilities, the book is for those individuals to understand how can I, you know, again, kind of uncover, unlock, uh, and, and, and do more with these capabilities that are already within me to make me very successful in the digital world. And hey, it doesn't, doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt to learn to code and understand you know, Python's the new pivot table, but um, this is really kind of what they need to do to reinvent themselves uh, in, in a digital era. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping to do. Very nice. Uh, I'm, I was just taking notes. Python is the new pivot table. I, I may, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll quote you on that one next time I use it. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think I on on my software development side, I stopped like right before Python got uh, got got up there. So I I think I have some uh, some some upskilling to do as well. So, <laughs> but no, it sounds very interesting, and and uh, I'm glad you do talk about that. Where it's you know not just about coding, it's not just about the sort of younger generation. There's like, how do you find the fit for yourself? Because I I think for a lot of people, like, like I'm sure with you. Half the people I used to work with were just sort of in it for the paycheck, which is fine. You know, they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they wanted to live their life outside, but then the other half, you know, they wanted to find some type of meaning. So very yeah. much looking forward to, uh, the, to your book coming out. Cause I, I think it does hit on an important topic, especially at that sort of individual level. So thank oh, you for thanks. that. Appreciate that. Uh, so a couple more questions we've got about maybe five more minutes or so is, uh, what's one thing you wish people who are not in your field, whether it's sort of HR, coaching, executive work, consulting or whatnot, just your pick. What's one thing you wish that people not in your field knew about your work? If there's one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> how, would, how would I phrase this? I guess it's that, the, so one of, the, one of the challenges I've found in going to market with the work I do is that it sometimes doesn't answer the question they have. Um, you know, the, the, sometimes the questions that are being asked are not, not quite the right question. You know, one of the things I, I've done a lot of executive coaching and um, I've, uh, the, the approach that I generally use uh, was developed um, by a friend of mine, Michael Bungay Stanier at Box of Crayons. And I've worked with him since the beginning. And we'll talk about starting with, and he's, he's based on Ed Shine's work. We'll start with, you know, getting clear on the problem, right? And someone comes and says, Hey, here's my problem. And you sit came saying, well, you know, so what's the real problem there for you? What's the real challenge? What's the challenge for you? And you keep kind of digging in and you actually get down to the deeper problem. 
And I think consultants forever have answered the problem that was put to them because that's easier than taking the time to help the client reframe the problem. But unfortunately, if you just answer the problem they bring to you, the answer's not deep enough, broad enough, thorough enough, and real enough. And so I'm, I'm always finding myself in the position of having to, you know, not be the easy person to go to or the easy organization to work with because I'm challenging them from the beginning on what's the real problem. Um, and that just from a, you know, the perspective of, you know, uh, when you go to buy something, people want to buy something easily. And when you're a corporate leader, right. you want to buy it easy and fast and you don't want to have to work real hard for the purchase. So just the way we do and buy things can make it kind of difficult. Very nice. Well, that's uh, I like that. I'm, I'm sure those conversations have been interesting. Trying to uh, say, you know what? Maybe we should uh, rethink what the what, what you're asking me, right? So yeah, yeah. Because I well, it sounds uh, self-serving too. Because it almost sounds like, right. oh no, I know you've got that problem, but let me sell you an answer to a problem that I sell <laughs> answers to, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to sell them something else that's you know not answering the problem. I'm trying to help sure. them really get clear on the problem so that we do the right thing. Uh, makes sense to me. So, uh, we'll ask a question from from my side. Is says, what are you excited about uh, other than obviously all the great work consulting your book that you're doing? Uh, what are you sort of most excited about in the future? Whether it's just sort of how things are evolving in the industry, or maybe something personally. Just uh, just curious to get your take on where your head is looking forward. Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess I've never been a small dreamer, and um, I, I feel like that we still are, for the most part organizations, um, you know, the innovator's dilemma is, is alive and well, and organizations trying to reinvent and transform themselves themselves is, is failing 99 out of 100 times. What I'm looking forward to is, is changing those odds and helping to get a little clearer on, on what it takes to truly, truly transform an organization, because I hear transformation the word thrown about all the time but yet when i actually go and see what's going on it's like yeah that was more of a tweak formation wasn't it nothing really transformed because that's really hard work um but i'm looking forward to a time in which we start to feel like we know better how to truly transform and we see the value of taking it on all across an organization um instead of just being comfortable and hoping that you know the, the stuff doesn't hit the fan before we retire. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I like that. So thank you for that. And uh, actually, I'm going to add a bonus question in here. I know you said you're not a small dreamer. That may be because you're from big sky country in, uh, in Montana. And I'd be curious, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going to Montana soon. Uh, maybe not the, this summer, but perhaps maybe next year. What's, uh, where should I be sure to go to that maybe the average person who's not from Montana doesn't know about? If you just like to hike and get out, it doesn't need to be fancy. There's um, a place out of Absorky, Montana, uh, right in a little town called Nye, and Woodbine Campground. And um, the walk up that trail, you walk along a river called the Stillwater, which is anything but. It's rapids most of the way. And the trail was kind of dynamited out um, along the <laughs> edge of it. And so you're, you're walking along kind of this cliff wall. And then you get into meadows. And then you get to a lake. Then you go over hills. And I, I took my, my, uh, my boys out there uh, a few years back for the first time. 
And my youngest was the kind who would always like, oh, we have to walk farther. We've already walked a block. And they did nine miles that day without a peep, just walking in, walking around, walking back, getting in the lake. And so I think it just inspired them to energy. And it's, a, it's one of my favorite spots in the whole world. So I'm glad to share it with you. Very nice. No, thank you for that. I am. I was profusely taking note, and I will call that the analog transformation. How about that? So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it, Nabil. Well, Michael, I think that's all our time. Michael Lecky, thank you again very much for your all the work that you've done in the past, and, and really looking forward to the book and, and your upcoming consulting work, and I look forward to staying in touch on uh, all the great things happening on your end. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to the you know people who are listening, I love talking about this stuff. So if you know there's something that I said that struck a chord, you just want to connect. I'm one of those guys that doesn't think networking is a dirty word or something where you're using people. I think it's the right thing to do to connect to the world. So you know, get me at michaellecki.com uh, or find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm glad to uh, connect with anybody who sees a reason to connect. Perfect. Well, well, thank you very much. And also a, a good tips for traveling as well. So we'll <laughs> enjoy Montana. <laughs> There you go. Well, thanks for the time, Michael. I really appreciate it. You bet.